Now, the greatest story never told with Miles and Thrill. 75! Wow. That's a big number on the uh, on the podcast world, isn't it? It is. Man, we hit a uh, milestone there. Very cool. Thank you for joining us for the Greatest Story Never Told podcast. 75. You know, we actually uh, we were talking to one of our big bosses uh, earlier today, and uh, he brought up this very podcast. Said you guys have been doing it for a while now. You you must be just making up stories because you're running out of them. And we said we're not making up any of our stories, but we now have to be exceptionally selective about the stories we tell because of timelines, and we don't want to incriminate Ryan Castle. That's exactly that's right. right. That's, that's what we really told. all comes down. Yeah. So we're just trying to do our best not to get anybody in trouble on this damn thing. Uh, let's see. We don't have a sponsor today for our greatest story never told podcast, but if you please would uh, make a donation to one of the three local Fisher houses in the Pacific Northwest, we will make you the unofficial sponsor. Whatever you're plugging there. You got a chicken dinner going on at the VFD. You're slinging hot dogs out of a truck. You got a podcast. You're on a YouTube channel. We don't care. Just make a donation and uh, and we'll make you the sponsor of the podcast. Uh, before we get into this real quick, I just want to give a couple of uh, personal notes. Uh, my daughter, she just turned 22 years old. I'm very proud of her. Uh, she called me the other day and she said, Dad, um, what are you doing on June the 12th or somewhere in there? It's Saturday. And I said, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Uh, she said, well, I would like to do something. I'd like to go out for dinner uh, for, uh, for my graduation from college. And I said, baby, you're graduating from college. I did not know that. That's very cool. Yes, let's very much go to dinner. Oh, no. That's awesome. <laughs> I wasn't sure exactly when she was graduating. Right, right, right. But I'm very proud of her that she's graduating. She's very excited. Uh, she was initially going to go down to, uh, to Mexico, uh, possibly, and uh, teach for a little while. But lo and behold, her first choice that she put down, which was to go to Thailand, uh, ended up coming through. So as soon as she graduates, a kid's going to get on a plane and go over and teach in Thailand for three months, six months, maybe a year, maybe longer. Yeah. We don't know yet, but that's uh, that, that, that's pretty cool news there. My other daughter's in Colombia, and I don't know what the f*** she's doing down there. <laughs> she's been down there for like a week, and I'm scared to death that something's going wrong with her. Uh, your kid's doing all right, right? Everybody's good at home? Yeah, they're great. Cool, cool, cool. All right, let's see here. Um... As far as the uh, the podcast goes today, we've been uh, we've had a couple of emails, people who have been uh, saying, "Hey, we are just curious about how uh, certain things came on the show, you know, sound effects, uh, different things. How did you come up with these different ideas? A lot of the sound effects just kind of fell into our lap based on events that happened. Whether it was a Vince Neil interview, we should probably play that. A Vince script Neil is interview. a story; it's not a storybook. But the thing about playing a Vince Neil interview, it's not even a good interview. No, You've literally no. just listened to it, see yeah. what a p- he is. You know, right. nothing we did. We did not set him up to look bad. The guy is just a raging, flaming, right. and he has no control over it. Right to the point, he doesn't even like make you mad, like. Who Aaron Lewis made us mad because before we did the interview, we were having a normal conversation. And once we opened the mics, all of a sudden, he changed who he was. So it's like, suck a dick, right? But Vince Neil, he's just an asshole. I mean, you can't hate him. You're like, look, this is this is who he is. He's not being mean to you. He's being Vince. He is awake. Right. You have spoken to him. He has responded. And maybe it's off color, but he doesn't know any better. Mm-hmm. And apparently Ryan didn't quite know that as uh, as that interview Look, was coming up. We, no. we had heard the rumors. And uh, so <clears throat> Castle had announced to us, he goes, hey, man, got your great interview, Vince Neil Motley Crew. And he's right in a certain respect. Yes, Vince Neil is part of this legendary band. But we had said, you know, all fair, said, look, man, we, we hear this guy's a douche. Anyone else in the band would be much much better than Vince Neil. Again, so we open our show. We got Vince Neil coming up, and we're making all these inside jokes about what Neil is. And, and Castle, he was mad. 
mm-hmm. kicks the door open during the break and goes, do we have a problem? We said no. And then Castle Lament said, hey, man, I put a lot of work to get that. We said, and he did. We said, we know this is not about what you have done. It's about who you got. So we do the Vince Neil interview. At the end of the interview, we open the studio door. Castle's office at this time is directly across from the studio. He's sitting at his desk. He looks directly at me, and he doesn't say it a lot. He just mouths the word, sorry. (laughs) Don't worry about it, man. We were prepared. We knew. We we were were firefighters, so we brought a hose. We knew what we were engaged in. In like 12-year-olds, whenever like a Molly Crew song comes on, we'll like home sweet home fries. Yeah. Number of of jokes that have to deal with Motley Croutons. I think that was the first time I ever saw Castle get his hackles up, though. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. a pretty cool dude. He's like by the nicest things. guy. But. but, yeah, he was real. And I got it. <laughs> right. He got it. But the whole thing is Vince proved our theory for us. Yeah, and you brought up Aaron Lewis from Stan. God, this oh this just happened to me this morning. I know it's stupid, but look, man, I got to drop a good dad joke for, you know, whenever I can. So <laughs> I've got a couple friends. They work at, uh, they own a bar in Fremont, and they just put a new deck on the outside of the bar. It's right. really nice, okay? But today they're out there standing the, uh, the, the outside of the thing. It was, you know, bare wood or whatever. So I walk by and I stop and I'm looking at it and they're standing and I'm like, do you think if I stood out here and sang it's been a while that people would get it? <laughs> Stained. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to sing that when I do my kids' laundry. What are you doing, Just Dad? hold up their underwear. Stained. 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 Okay, so uh, uh, today. Got that this Aaron is Lewis weird. underwear in the laundry. This is a lot of death talk, but we'll just get through it real quick here. I uh, just explained to you where something came from. By the way, it's the four year anniversary as we cut this of, uh, of Chris Cornell's death today. Uh, and a little bit after that, if you'll remember in 2017, Chester Bennington, he uh, passed away. He took his own life. He was the, obviously one of the lead singers in Lincoln Park and uh, did a brief stint with the Stone Temple Pilots. The reason being that uh, Scott Weiland. He couldn't. He was not in a good spot at that point in time. Uh, Scott passed in uh, 2015 in December. Now we had Chester Bennington, who had replaced him in Stone Temple Pilots, on along with Robert DeLeo, who was one of the founding guys in Stone Temple Pilots. He and his brother uh, Dean is the guitarist, and Robert is the, uh, the Bass bassist. Player. But both of those guys are just. They were. They, Robert's a great guy. Uh, They're Chester, so normal. It was weird. It was he. When we talk to DeLeo, it's like you meet a guy who you got along with on an airplane. Right. You know what I mean? Just, he's a, just as normal as it gets. But he's also the guy, like, if you got into a fight in a bar in Jersey, he's either going to kick your ass or he's going to save your ass. You right. know what I mean? Like, he's just got, he's this big dude, right? But the nicest guy in the world. So, like, we do, we used to do a lot more Philly jokes and yeah. Jersey jokes and all this. We always talk about the fact that we, uh, uh, you know, like slacks. Instead of pants, you know, like someone because in Jersey the slacks, the slacks, you wear slacks, kind of slack. I'm sizing you up, Mike. I think you're about you're about 38, 32 slacks right now. Probably right in 38, there. 38, 32, 38, 32. That is, is a I'm fat short dude. Yes, it is. No, yeah. but I think I'm pretty close. Sometimes at 36, it depends on the slack. That's me, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> That's what right? I said. It. So I got plaid slacks, I got tan slacks, I got brown slacks, I got gray slacks, I got navy freaking slacks. Anyway. I believe this is the interview where we bring this up for the very first time. And we bring it up with Robert DeLeo because I don't think we're poking fun at him from being from Jersey. Yeah, we are. But why else? Well, we, why but, uh, if you say I'm from New Jersey yeah, and we start going slacks, we're making fun of you. Yeah, but it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was great. And by the way, those two men, uh, they, we had, they ran out of the studio. Uh, I got a buddy named Jay, and Jay used to uh, run a weed shop up in Fremont. Jay's a really good guy. He used to go to Pain in the Grass, the Gorge. He, he is a rock and roll guy. 
true and true. His favorite band, one of his favorite bands, Stone Temple Pilots. Like, they're in his top three. Which, it's not that I'm not a Stone Temple Pilots fan. I just never have met anyone that was such a massive fan as right, he right. was. He wore the shirts and everything else. So we had a meet and greet down at the Paramount uh, for a bunch of KISW listeners to go down with Stone Temple Pilots and do an air check. Jay was one of those guys. And at this point in time, Chester and uh, Robert had left the studio. They went straight down to the Paramount. They got right on stage. They did their sound check. My buddy Jay said that uh, Robert and Chester and all those guys, they sat on the end of the stage. They jumped down. They signed everybody's stuff. They took pictures sure. of anyone. They talked for 45 minutes, an hour. So he's got all these pictures. They did what artists should do because the artists, and it doesn't matter who they are. It could be Prince. It could be Mike. You could talk about the top artists of all time, right? The Beatles. You ain't without fans. They're the reason you're yeah. successful. I mean, that's period. And, and, so and, you treat those people well. And and as far as uh, bands go that have replaced a lead singer, they couldn't have picked a better choice. As far as just somebody who could who could sing the songs, they had new material and everything else. So uh, for episode number 75, as we celebrate 50 years here at KISW, let's go back in time. And uh, Chester Bennington and Robert DeLeo of Stone Tibble Pilots. Back in time. Time. Yeah. Time. Oh, buddy, look who it is, Chester Bennington and Robert DeLeo from the band known as Stone Temple Pilots. Guys, how are you? Here we are. Came up here to be on the show because you want to kick off your, your North American tour. This is very exciting for us. And the last time we, we mentioned we saw you guys was uh, Dead by Sunrise, Chester, when you were in, in that project. Army of Anyone for you, Robert. Yes. Uh, back in the day, and now you guys have gotten together and uh, formed a project called Stone Temple Pilots. Super group. Yes. It leads us to believe that we are, like, we're matchmakers. That's right. You know, having spoken to both of you in separate bands, obviously come on this show, some kind of connection is made, and it's like, guys, let's do this. Mm-hmm. So, we just want to say you're welcome. Well, thank you, you for, thank, thank you yes. for everything you guys have done for us. Yes, indeed. Yes, absolutely. Yes, indeed. <laughs> you guys will not be here. Uh, we play some Stone Temple Pilots on the radio station. I don't know if you know that or not. We played it for 20-some years, it seems like. You know, well, well, thank you. It, did you ever think that, uh, and, and I know, Chester, you, you're, just like we are, you, you're a fan of Stone Temple Pilots. Correct, yeah. Because uh, most people join bands they don't like, Miles. Right, exactly. You know, and then you're forced <laughs> into this role. I never liked them, but it was a gig. I'm like, but, I would have, yeah. I'll sing you, your crap. But, but, you know, but you know all the songs. It's just like we did and everything else. Correct, and yeah. And it's, it's, you know, I... I don't think of the time when all the bands came out of, at, at that point in time in the in the 90s and the, in the late 80s that, you know, you knew which bands were going to have that longevity and which were going to be around for that long of a time. Some some did, some didn't. You know, when I, I hell, when Motley Crue came out and Rat came out, I'm like, Rat kicks ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I still like Rat, but you never know what bands are going to be, you know, no, don't they're, they're going to stand, you know, stand the test of time. And, right. and Stone Temple Pilots is one of those bands. And, and it's yeah. it's a, it's got to be kind of like, wow, man, this is this is a little crazy. It's, you know, it's, it's about writing songs, you know, it's song power. Really, it's it's that's really... What is the longevity of a of a band to me is songs, and I mean is, is that I mean, how hard is it to write in sunny California? You know what I mean? <laughs> as far as like trying, did you have to make yourself depressed? Well, <laughs> I work really hard at screwing my life up as much as possible so I can have you know great inspiration. But that's I think that's why self destructive people are so right. successful in music. We, I mean, cause like you can make millions and you can live in this great place, and instead of sounding like the Beach Boys, like if you're just a hot mess man but you're artistic, like probably gonna kick ass for a while. <laughs> but Chester, your 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 medical file here reads uh, like, a, like <laughs> well, hold on, do you have like, a, like War and Peace? Do you need some help lifting? Let's it? see. Oh, I like this one. Here you go. Chester Bennington, <coughs> Chester has suffered, Bennington has suffered various medical issues. Yes, he suffered a severe bite. Correct bite from a recluse spider. Yeah, well, no, twenty with odds bit on the ass. 
You got bit on the ass by a recluse spider. Yeah. What kind and, of kinky about, sex are you into? Like, I mean, dude, I'm into all sorts of things. You know what I mean? I have, I, I've done some crazy stuff that I don't even remember, you know? And uh, But anyways, uh, yeah, I was on tour. It was like long, or one of our first tours. I think it was maybe the maybe Ozfest or something. But uh, I got bit by something. It wasn't really itchy or whatever. Were you like, sleeping or were you? Yeah, yeah. I woke up. And oh, like, that's I had, the worst. I had like a little, right. I had like a little ah. bump on my back. And then I didn't really think of it. I'm like, I'm the, t- I'm the type of person that like has enough willpower not to scratch the bug bite. Really? I'm like, I, I'm like, yeah. You listen like to your guy. mother with a chicken pox. Hey, hey, once you've had a reaction to penicillin like I did, a bug bite is nothing. You're just like, I can get through. Did you this. think it was like but an this is a brown recluse maybe, spider? Yeah. So I had no idea. So like a week later, goddamn Superman week, over here. It's a brown recluse spider. A week spider. later, I'm like running into walls and like I can't. I but I won't scratch no my ass. Perception. What do you mean you're going loopy? Meaning, like, I don't have death perception, so I think something's in one place, but it's actually in another. So I'm like walking into walls. I'm like talking. So you're holding your wrist when you go losing pee and my stuff. concentration and like <laughs> dropping out of <laughs> dropping out of frames of you know uh, continued frames of thought. But you have no so idea. So you'll why. do that, but you won't scratch a bug bite. And then, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I was like, this is weird. I think I need to see a doctor. And then I and I and I and then I realized, that, you know, in the shower over the, over the course of the week that this thing was getting bigger on my back. And then it eventually was on a you know about a week later it was oozing and black. And oh yeah, no, that's, that's, that's called flesh eating disease. Oh god. Well, then what do they do to get rid of it, man? I mean, they put me on some crazy course of antibiotics and t- said you know cross your fingers and uh, hope that this doesn't get worse. Oh no, like, no. <laughs> the doctor says oh, cross no. your fingers. No, it gets worse. In the summer of 2003, it says Bennington began to suffer from extreme abdominal pain and gastrointestinal issues. Yes. Uh, while in Prague. Correct. What was it? Uh, a ceviche up, it, gone wrong? No, it ends up that uh, I ended up needing surgery on my on my stomach because it had herniated up into my esophagus, and so I wasn't able to keep anything down, and so I was like, "Do so I didn't have to eat?" Oh my god, so you couldn't keep anything down at all because your esophagus. Yeah, was it's blocked. like I'd be on stage and I'd you know drink some water and then I'd be running around and I'd do like my little full body head bang and everything the water would fly out. People had to love that. Okay. It was gross. Uh, I mean, front I was, row, dude, I was like, man. I, was, I kept just thinking, that kid, barfed on me six times. That kid probably thinks that was sweat, and that was. Was like me, literally. That was the water I just drank flying out of my. There's guts. some kid out there who's like Chester Bennington puked on me. Yes, yeah, so, a lot. I didn't wash so my since, hand in three years. Since 2003, I have not been able to burp or vomit. There's more. Wow. Bennington what? then sustained. Wait, that can't be true. It's true. You can't burp, you can't or, vomit? burp or vomit. Nope. So is that because that's they, they like a rat, man? Like, they turned like... me into Captain Flatulence. So... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everyone has separate buses. Uh, let's see. Then we move on here. Bennington sustained a wrist injury. October 2007, while attempting to jump off a platform during a show in Melbourne, Australia, yeah. at Rod Laver Arena. How ironic. That's right. Uh, how high was the riser? Uh, it was about um, four feet or so, a little over four feet tall. Uh, I was running up. Usually I time my jumps off the stuff. So I always like to jump off the top of this riser right at the beginning of paper cut, land on the, on the one, bam, you know. And mm-hmm. so this time I... Mistimed my steps, came up a, sh- a step short, um, and went to do the jump off the t- off the top step. And my t- and my shoe, the toe of my uh, the toe of my right foot, caught the lip of the step. So I go to jump, stop, go Bam. straight down, break Bam. my arm. Did you know instantly that oh man, this is gonna well, suck? Pretty much when I looked over and my head going down was looking Mike in the eye. I said, I think I'm a little high. Yeah. <laughs> Robert, you'll be this happy to know. Be, uh, this is a long way down. He so, continued yeah. the show anyway. So I, if yeah, anything I, happens I on the, the store, show. he keeps on playing. He'll be, uh, he'll be I, sitting down playing. I did. I finished the, the show. Yeah, let's show see tonight. here. And then you just, uh, you're, uh, you've are you got a badass hoop game, apparently, as you uh, completely destroyed your ankle uh, just a couple months ago <laughs> yeah. in a game of basketball. Yep. 
I mean, shattered it. I mean, completely messed the thing up, right? Uh, it was well. I didn't shatter the. I didn't shatter. I broke the ankle. Uh, moved a bunch of bones around and tore all the ligaments holding my ankle and my foot together. So you're I a disaster. <laughs> I, have, I have like pins and hardware in there now. And, Unbelievable. Uh, Has it always? I did the been show that, that night. I did. Do, I did do the. Did show you come out on one of those roller scooters? I did. I had no, a roller no, scooter. you did not. I did. I had crutches and a roller scooter, and I'm telling you, man, that sucked ass. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a Segway. Maybe you should go to the stand-up yeah, Segway. Should, so it looks like you're moving more. Man, you know what I mean? but I needed it. like levitating <laughs> pills or something. I need something like a like a magic rug or something. That's what I needed. How uh, how do you guys feel about going out on tour? Uh, obviously, uh, you, you know, you you guys have done various shows and, and, and shorter tours or whatever. But how excited are you guys to get out there and just get underway and let everybody see Stone Temple Pilots? And what you guys are doing now, and feels how exciting is that? Really exciting. Feels great. Really yeah. great. Yeah, I would have to think yeah. so. And, and you guys are working on a new one, aren't you? Yes. Studio wise, I know you guys have been working on that for a while. So, it, does this continue the writing process while you're on the road? Does this make that process a little bit easier? Or does it kind of put it on hold for a little bit? Absolutely, it all helps. It's all yeah. it's all it's all life lessons and living life and putting it towards music. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure you guys have spent way too much time at home. And I know that's kind of a weird thing, but uh, after a while, like the kids or whatever can get, you know, like, okay, well, I, c- I can go away for a couple of weeks. Touring used to be like the most stressful and most um, horrifying I- idea. It was yeah. like very difficult. It was hard to go away. Now touring is like, I look forward to it. It's like a Chicken vacation. Chicken relax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. it's a vacation <laughs> from life. I mean, I, I, sure. I, I, I'm like... Uh, you know, I get to go hang out and with my friends and play music every night and uh, meet really nice people and and take pictures and sign autographs and it's like, you know. And then normally I would go work out and you know now I have to like lay around. But I, uh, sure. you know, but well, yeah, I mean, it's like, like, home, it's, like it's like a, it's like a buddy spa. Like you got you know kids, what I mean? you got, kids, like running, you got you know, kids running. You know around. what it yeah. is? You know what it is? Daddy time and rock and roll time are very different from each other. Sure. Do you, guys, different. do you guys go to Costco? Yeah. I mean, is it, do you have oh, like, yeah. that kind of lifestyle? You know what I mean? Oh, That's dude, why you want to go on tour. Does Robert DeLeo cut grass? Like, if I were to drive by your house, you out there, like, you know, with a, with a weed, with a weed whacker yeah. trimming oh, yeah, and dude, stuff this like guy that. But well, how good is your lawman? Are you cutting the grass just because you got to cut the grass? Are you like one of those dudes that when you cut the grass, man, like it is wars. on. Oh, man, I like being home. I like being home as well as I like being on the road, you know. But daddy time and rock and roll time are a lot different. Oh, hell yeah. You know, we're going on stage at 10, and usually that's when I'm cuddling with my four-year-old you know so it's, it's a bit of a ch- bit of a change but you can you know. snuggle with chester yeah we can Sorry, right. give each other a little snuggle yeah. before you hit the stage i'm right? a horrible right. cuddler robert where do you live i know you live with what in arizona dude I, I cuddle you i'm just i'm a bad cuddler i'm a good hugger you. though i'll hug you but i'm not going to cuddle we're in california but originally from new jersey okay so yeah. you, hey, you grew up in new yeah, jersey get out of here yeah i was just i was just talking to somebody because there was a department store when we were little it was called two guys two guys two guys did you have two guys no no yeah we're just thinking like two guys two guys that's the name of the department store that was the name of the we'll negotiate every price we got no price you go down there you talk to two guys they're gonna put you in a there's like a there's like a new uh, hoagie place that's big in L.A. right now. Like, come get your hoagie or something. <laughs> <laughs> get your grinder right yeah, here. Right. Right. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots tonight <laughs> at the guys. God two damn, guys, dude. two pieces of bread. I mean, yeah, we were gonna change the name of the band to Four Guys. Yeah, yeah Four Guys. Four Guys. Hey, well, four guys. <laughs> How about fellas? Is fellas yeah, sound better? Fella to fella. You're going to enjoy what we do. Is it understood? Uh, and Chester, if you don't, it's going to be very bad for you. Yeah. Chester, do you have dangerous animals in your yard in uh, Arizona, living in the desert? Do you have uh, tarantulas? Any like uh, any other bug bites you won't yeah, scratch, like, like scorpions? Like, uh, have, oh, yeah. Uh, ground ground Look, recluse. Everything in the desert, where I, everything where I grew up is um, is made to hurt you. 
or kill you. <laughs> so you didn't take your family out on hikes or anything like that. Oh, of course you do. Yeah, I mean, I used to run barefoot on the blacktop at 115 degrees because that was just it, that was what summer was. I had no <laughs> idea that that was hotter than the ground. Fast forward else. to your yeah. recent uh, uh, medical records there. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 115 degrees. I'd run barefoot. Oh, Once yeah. cracked a spider bite. I, mean, I almost died. I grew up crashing motorcycles into trees in the desert. Uh, you know, I mean, that was like, that was what I grew up on riding BMX bikes and skateboarding. Like, all we, all yeah. I did was leave my house first thing in the morning, go out in the desert, run around for eight hours, and then come home all dirty and crazy and sweaty. It's a miracle you're alive, Tristan. Really I mean, honestly. Just as it, I listen to this. But yeah, but everything out there is meant to kill you. And or survive. So, well, yeah, it's the desert, man. Yeah, it's extremely yeah. difficult to kill the things that are from de- the desert, which is yeah. why I keep coming back from all these injuries. I, I, you ever I, get stung I, by a scorpion? Thankfully, no. No, all yeah. right. Uh, I, but but pretty much everybody I know has. I woke. I did wake up with, uh, with right. a scorpion staring me down uh, in the morning, and then my cat actually attacked it and killed it. Jesus. Okay, I was going to ask, what's the attitude? <laughs> and you choose to live there. Uh, Robert, yeah. can we get to that point where, where Stone Temple Pilots is going to be close to... Uh, 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 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, voting and what all that What we're saying stuff. is you're getting old. When is that, yes. when is that coming around? It's gotta be, I know it's, that. It's you don't have to remind soon. me. That's why it's well, like, people want an honor to go into Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but then again, it means I'm getting old. I'm not quite at the Free Denny's breakfast card. You look a lot better than your brother. That's a good thing. But your brother was supposed to be like a real intelligent businessman. Like he was actually going to be somebody. <laughs> and then you pulled him into this band. Isn't that the I, way the story I did. goes? Or something I did. Like that? I pioneered my way out to California to do music. And, you know, but he's the one who influenced me to start playing first off. So. And did you ever think that this, this would be your life and that you would have, uh, you know, your name would be on a list of bands for, uh, as well, no, at one point no. in time, Lincoln Park? It's no. just going to take a little bit more time on the on the, on no. the timeline is concerned. But is that a weird thing? That's, you know, I came from a 5,000-person square mile town in New Jersey. And, you know, I, I'm still we that. We miss you. I'm still, yeah. that, still that person, you know what I mean? And it, it's, yeah, it's very yeah. weird. And, it, and that's a different. I'm still, not a lot of people say that. From a small town in Jersey. Yeah. What, yeah. Well, yeah. what, what got you? What, got, what, what was it, family moving out to California? No, I moved out by myself after I graduated high school. Like I've had enough Just to pursue it. music just, or just to see what happens? I went, I went out there to go to art school, actually, and I, and I got kind of... Uh, Dean and I had a cover band, because on the Jersey Shore, that's, that's really it. That's how you, you do covers, you mm-hmm. know, and... We did covers and threw some originals in, and you know. Then you realize the, you moved to the West Coast. You didn't have to do Springsteen anymore. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> nobody knew who fun. Nils Lofgren was. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Nils, <laughs> Nils, and Bruce would come watch us play at the uh, Get out of Pony on Monday nights because there was no one else there. So, <laughs> That's crazy. Know, yeah, that is. And I was uh, in high school. I was playing bars when I was seven, sixteen, seventeen, and. Uh, you know, I had thirty-year-old women coming up to me, and I was like, oh, well, "How was that, man?" Going? Well, I was like, "Well, holding an instrument is kind of cool, you know." Eskimo brother, Chester. Is there a difference between the Stone Temple Pilot crowd and the Lincoln Park crowd? Is there anything that you can look out on stage? Is there any difference uh, one way or another? Either group's sweatier, you know, yeah, dresses better. Uh, there's less mosh pits. He's wearing that. There's, there, there are definitely a fewer mosh pits. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know I the thing. The thing about STP is it's much sexier. I think musically it. Kind well, of it is, was. You know, yeah. uh, uh, it, it, Lincoln Park is pretty much pure anger. Because uh, uh, um, your wrist and your ankle. Yeah, it's like anger, sadness, and spider then, like, bite on the butt. Like, will uh, probably. I did not scratch my ass <laughs> like, yeah, for yeah. over seven days. <laughs> That's a great song, right? That Walking time. into walls. Yeah, exactly. 
I mean, you really, you're about, you're pretty much, that's about right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, seriously, it's, it's, you know, I think for, for every musician, when I, I wanted to be on Broadway when I was a kid, like when I, my, my dream was like being on Broadway and playing like these crazy character roles. I was the guy in all the plays that had like five or six parts. I had to change characters all the time. I had to sing in different voices. Sometimes I had to be two characters in one scene. It was crazy. So there's a lot more of that now for you for Stone Temple Pilots. It's fun. And and so I think that's where I found my voice. I mean, I always sang as a kid. I always kind of sang the songs, and I figured that was what everybody did. And uh, um, Well, everybody does it. It's just who does it well. And then so, you know, when I – when it was like time to get into high school and people were like interested in music and people around me were kind of interested in arts and when so when kids were like man I wish I knew someone who could sing I was like I can do that and it just kind of all of a sudden creating music and playing it in front of people felt like that was what I was supposed to do and and from that point on I mean you know I made my first record when I was 16 and I've been making records ever since I've been playing gigs since i was 14 years old and um, i think i touched my first boob when i was 14 i mean mm-hmm. dude it was that's what we do and yep. and and so like for us that's still what we do i mean mm-hmm. we we're in we're in robert's basement making music um recording it ourselves writing it ourselves we rehearse there um up until this last rehearsal we we borrowed his wife's pa <laughs> Nice, nice. I'm glad you know somebody. And it's fun. It's funny because it it works really great for us because it's very intimate and small, and it's very, it's it it reminds us all the time of like why we love doing what we do, and um, I don't see that changing, regardless of the success of the band, whether you know we become really big and make you know lots of money or whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, well, don't hurt for, a stone temple pilot. Well, but I'm mm-hmm. saying like that's a that's I mean, an uphill battle. It's, but I'm saying like I, I am a I am not Scott, and I'm and I am I am a new singer in the band, and I am in another band, and that that there are people who come to the shows who are skeptical and they wonder what they're going to see, and they leave and they, and they're converted and they they like what's happening and they see us all having a great time and we kind of get to kind of get to show the people that tonight. Hey, don't worry you know about it. When yeah, I leave work tour, tonight, uh, I'll be dressed as a woman. We're you so, know, it's the same thing, and it's like, look, it's. It's hey, changed. But, it's not what you yeah. expected, and in the end, they enjoy it. it would, uh, but 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 this is it. This is this is the time where you're going to get the reviews. This is when yep. people are going to come out and, and see you guys, and, and there'll be anticipation about the album, and and it'll be one of those things where if there was any questions, they'll, they'll be answered when you guys sure. oh, like, get sure, out there yeah. and do your thing. I mean, right? We've sure. we've been out there. We played a bunch of shows together so far, and anybody can go online and watch you know and see what we do, and and they'll know what they're going to see tonight. And um, we're very pleased with the way we are with, with the way. Um, things go when we play live. I mean, it just feels really good. There's a lot of energy, and you have to be recharged, Robert. Super fun, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I know you, you've gone through a number of years of ups and downs on the, the professional level as well, just sure. as far as what what's going to happen, what doesn't happen, what's going to happen. Sure, can we get this? What well, we'll said was happened, we'll say it was not yeah. happened. Yeah, what well, might well, happen if you said it's yeah. going to happen? Well, that didn't and, happen. And, and trying and reaching out exactly. and, and, and all that crap and then the bleh, then the legal yeah. system and all yeah. that weirdness. And then and now here you are, and you've got the, one of the the best possible scenario. And I would have to think that the writing, the creative is yes. is better, and the, and everything is kind of everybody on the same page, and you guys are yeah. juiced. And it's it's not just a musical thing it's a quality of life and i think the quality <laughs> of life is is you know we're moving on yeah well no yeah, yeah without yeah. question and yeah. uh, and i'm sure that if there's any doubters out there that this tour will uh, will take care of them how long uh, how long is this tour scheduled to be by the way 
Like you guys are starting tonight. Is it you guys are gone for the next 12 and a half years? Or, or what do you say? <laughs> no, this, this tour is going to be a few weeks okay. along this, the, this leg of this tour. And then um, um, there's like uh, some – we're going to finish the, recording the record, and there's some festival dates that Linkin Park is doing as well as uh, STP um, kind of th- over the next few months. Ooh, if you guys play them together, just saying. You guys had played. Together, ahead. Didn't you guys play a f- festival uh, back in the day a while? Uh, yeah, we played yeah. Uh, the Family Values yeah. Tour. That's together. exactly right. Um, and uh, yeah, they actually, I would watch the show uh, every night, and then uh, one night, uh, out of nowhere, with no discussion whatsoever, I was uh, grabbed on the side of the stage, and the microphone was put in my hand, and <laughs> put in front of everybody, and it was like. I guess Uh-oh. I'm singing the song. I okay. hope I, yeah. I hope I know the words. What was I'm the a melody guy. What was the song? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was. Um, I like the song that Robert wrote about to masturbation, the Vaseline song. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was. Or the, the uh, I think it was song, ha- Half the man I used to be. Oh yeah, that was that time. Touching you when the, tribute. When that song came out, and Lorraine and Bobby chopped off her husband's penis. What do you want? That song instantly became same time. I don't know if you ever really correlated that together, <laughs> but it really happened did. that you way. You know, sometimes <laughs> things that happen in the universe are meant to happen. <laughs> right. You know I mean? He's half the man he used to be. It's amazing. Yeah. It really is. Stone Temple Pilots to his life. Exactly right. <laughs> At the uh, Paramount, uh, Chester Bennington, uh, Robert DeLeo, thank you guys so much for uh, stopping by. Great to see you guys again, man. Yes, and uh, best so of luck much. on everything. Uh, hopefully, if you stop back by in Seattle, we can see you again. For Thanks sure. So thank much. You. You've been listening to The Greatest Story Never Told with Miles and Thrill on Radio.com. Oh, man. A Double Flush Production.